Yeah, that is the case today. Cold as ice, extreme cold warning in effect for Saskatoon. But the reality is, tomorrow, leap year, a completely different story. We're, we're having a tropical heat wave tomorrow. I don't even know how this happens, but we are plus temperatures for one day. The 29th of February, which comes around once every four years, in the midst of minus temperatures and cold and extreme cold and blizzards, all of a sudden, on the 29th of February, for one day only, we're having a heat wave. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying no to it, right? We all will be quite happy to see it for sure and uh, maybe even doing a good job of melting a bit off the driveway, off the roof, whatever the case may be. But it is here for one day only tomorrow. Today, though, cold, windy, and uh, through the day, we'll start to warm up. Well, every once in a while, it's a good idea just to open up the phone lines and have a discussion. And that's exactly what we're going to do for the next hour. The phone lines are open for whatever it is you want to discuss. one 332 8255 Phone calls are already coming in. I, I said that I wanted to start off talking a little bit about the Downtown Events and Entertainment District in Saskatoon. This is something we've been talking about for a while over the last couple of weeks. Of course, the City of Saskatoon rolled out a model and a vision for the downtown site. A ton of work has to go in budget approval yet, securing some funding from various sources, land acquisition. In fact, that's what one of the things is that's on the agenda for council today, Saskatoon City Council, voting today on buying the uh, purchase of the YMCA building at 22nd Street East there downtown, right beside TCU Place, because that is part of the expansion for this downtown entertainment district. Now, there are opponents to this. There are people that say this money should be sunk into SaskTel Center. This is something that we should be proud of, not only for Saskatoon, but for the province. Six years ago, a report was done on the estimated cost of the renovations that would be needed there. And the renovated cost estimation six years ago was $101 bucks. SaskTel Center CEO John Howden was at council last week. He estimated probably $300 million in today, but that was a guess. That was a guess based on the work that needs to be done. SaskTel Center has talked about they want bigger seats, they want a more spacious concourse, they want to put in some new elevators, and there's been a lot of talk about the roof being too low. The roof at SaskTel Center is 15 meters high. Modern arenas often have a 24-meter roof. That allows for bigger tour staging, and ultimately opens the door for other tours, other events that require a higher ceiling. And the other thing is that John Howden is pointing to Hamilton, just did a reno of their arena, $280 million, and it was actually a smaller reno than SaskTel Center needs. The Blue Jays Stadium did similar renos, $300 million. Bucks. And Seattle's arena renovation, $1.2 billion U.S. for the renovation. Saskatoon Council has already basically put their hands up saying they're in favor of going to this new downtown events and entertainment district in Saskatoon. And and I've talked about it too. I feel like this is an exciting thing. I think it's a good thing for the province because don't forget, it's not just for Saskatoon. It's for the province. This draws in people. People show up for concerts in Saskatoon all the time. Now, 
there's a flip side and a few things to be considered on the flip side of this argument. Things like, of course, what is the tax implication going to be? This is a big commitment, and we saw people in the city of Regina not jumping up and down when the new stadium was proposed for the riders because there was basically a levy put on taxes over a number of years to compensate for the cost, the ongoing cost of putting that stadium up. Saskatoon people are worried about the same thing. You know, I was talking with a buddy of mine this morning who's a good leader in Saskatoon. He's been involved in in lots of different ways, boards and committees. And he talked about the fact, you know, we can't get away from the fact that Saskatoon and Saskatchewan, for that matter, is considered a B market when it comes not just to the size of the arena, but the size of the city and the province. So, you know, the fact that you might not be able to attract some of the biggest shows sometimes has nothing to do with the arena itself. You can build a bigger arena, but if you if you don't have the market size, you might not be looked at. Another point that, that he was talking about this morning is, you remember back in 2009, there was an expansion done of Sastel Center because we were getting ready for the World Juniors. We were going to be hosting them here. They did that. I'd be curious to know, I'm sure a report was done on what the return on investment was. It was like $7 bucks they spent on doing some expanded seating in there. What was the return on investment and and what has that yielded? Because that leans into maybe we should be getting a new report done, not just having the CEO give us a guesstimate of what it would be. Maybe it's worth getting a new report done. (laughs) I mean, in many ways, this is history repeating itself. If you think back, for those that were around to think back to the debate that happened in the fall of 1985, Saskatoon City Council went through this debate downtown arena or one on the outside of the city in fact they had a plebiscite vote if you remember that and it was decided that saskatchewan place which is new sastel center now but it's called saskatchewan place back then uh was where they decided to go it was uh commissioned in 1988 and uh that's where we're at today this is not a new argument started in 85 continues today what do you think one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Are you in favor of the new downtown events and entertainment district in Saskatoon, or do you think they should look at doing renos in the existing Sastel Center? You know, another important part of this too is don't forget this new arena. If it goes ahead in Saskatoon, won't be going ahead for I think it's eight years. In the meantime, we need to bring shows into Sastel Center. So I think you got to be careful you don't kick the living daylights out of the current facility because you still want to get sponsors. You still want, you still expect people to spend a lot of corporate money on the Sastel Center, which has been a gem for the province. So, you know, I, I think you just want to be aware of that. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Let's go to Kevin in Saskatoon. Uh, what's your thought on this whole arena discussion, Kevin? Well, and I hate, I'm, I'm not bragging when I say this, but I was uh, very successful against Darren Hell in Ward 1 in the last election. And why I bring that up um, is running a campaign civically in Ward 1, it covers both the east and west side of the river. A large portion of that is the downtown area. On a number of points, I can tell you from meeting thousands of people through those wards and having a very successful campaign, 
uh, falling short of, of uh, becoming a counselor, I would venture to guess 90% of the people I talked to, and that's in the thousands, uh, would were opposing the arena. And that's just what I was getting door to door. Right. Now, I can tell you from a personal experience, and I'll show you my age here, when Saskatchewan Place opened, um, I, I was uh, sequestered as a university student to uh, attend parking events there when it was still a gravel parking lot. We made a little bit of money. We got to watch a lot of events. I'm still baffled at the ripe old age of 57 to tell people that I have yet to see a, a, a crack in that floor at SaskTel Center. Now, that said, I don't know where they come up. I, I know they're coming up and they're finding all kinds of money to buy the YW and all kinds of things, and they're putting the cart before the horse before they even have consensus with the citizens of Saskatoon to say, do we want this or not? Now, I can understand the arguments made for it being downtown. However, we have a wonderful facility, and I can also tell you I've, I've driven bus for a well-known charter company uh, for events in, in Saskatoon, and I can tell you the hotels downtown are absolutely packed with a major event when they happen. So the downtown gets the business anyway, is what you're saying, Kevin? A absolutely. I can tell you I made two or three trips with a charter bus from different hotels to get to Sostel Center. And uh, in, in, in one event, and there were multiple buses with multiple charters that are doing that. Now, you got to remember, when these people come back from those events, they, uh, most of them, and I can tell you this honestly as, as having an opportunity to drive one of these charter buses, they indulge, and they, uh, they support the canteens at whatever level, liquid courage and other, other things that go on, yeah. and they're doing the responsible thing by taking a charter and coming back to their hotels with their group. After those bookings, uh, they're also buying food, ordering pizza on the phone from downtown and, and local areas in that vicinity. The downtown is getting that business. Now, um, I don't want to hemorrhage this with, with, with um, other factors, and I know there's an important council meeting tonight with, uh, with a, a, a proposal coming yeah. forward uh, about Fire Hall 5. But I think it's important to remember, when we're looking at spending the amount of money that they're looking, and I think it's important, I would like to see very specifically, like they're doing already making land acquisitions, I would personally like to see, and I think a lot of members of the public I've been talking to, about this expansion they're talking about for $350 million. Mm -hmm. I have a hard time fathoming what we're doing. Are we raising the roof for $350,000? I, I doubt it. Uh, I, I also have been in the construction and trades business for, for many decades. And I can tell you that number seems grossly exaggerated for what it is that they're planning to do to a building that doesn't even have a fissure of a crack in the foundation. Well, and, and so that, you know, I think that's, you know, there's so many good points. I let Kevin talk for a while there because he brought up so many good points about the value that Sastel Center has for not just the city of Saskatoon, uh, but the province, but certainly downtown Saskatoon and the, and the city as a whole benefits from having that that location, even though it's just outside the city and not downtown. You know, the other part that Kevin raises there is, should a plebiscite vote be held? They did in 90, in 1985, right? 
A vote was held and thousands of people voted and decided the arena should not go downtown, but should go outside the city. So maybe rather than just have council make the decision, maybe it should be a plebiscite vote, knowing that there will be likely, and this is what the text line is saying now, people are saying, look, it can't, it can't not affect taxes in the city of Saskatoon in one form or another. Even if the taxes aren't directly related to the arena, you have to know that if they're spending money there, they have less to spend somewhere else. And as a result, the taxes have to go up. So maybe a plebiscite vote is the way to go. But there are people saying, we need to put a stop to this. But this train is moving. They're voting today on whether or not they're actually going to purchase the YMCA. And that's for the expansion of TCU Place. We've seen a rendering of it. We've seen a vision of it. And I'm going to start, I'm going to back up again and say, I'm a guy that said, I think this is a great idea. I'm excited about it. But I'm also man enough to admit that you're convincing me that there's maybe more work to be done before this decision is made. And we have an election this year that might change the course of this as well. All right, we're going to take a break, but we'll keep talking about this till bottom of the hour at least. There's lots of texts coming in. one 332 8255 Your thoughts on the Saskatoon proposed downtown events and entertainment district. Coming up next on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. A good Wednesday morning, and thanks so much for joining us. I'm Evan Bray. A very robust discussion this morning on the proposed downtown events and entertainment district in Saskatoon. The text line is predominantly full of people saying they don't think it's the greatest idea to build a new arena downtown. Here, for example, a text that says, I live outside Saskatoon. I would consider Sask Health Centre as something that the whole province uses and benefits from. And the biggest plus is its current location. The fact that it's not downtown easy to access traffic flow is good lots of parking downtown would be a disaster and there are a lot of texts that talk exactly about that and then other texts like this one it's really more than just about an arena let's talk about tcu place and the work that needs to be done there facilities need renewing like an old bridge building up the downtown it's bigger than that sprawl is expensive we need to build the vibrancy of our city in the downtown area. So saying, look, this isn't just about an arena. It's about what the city needs. Some people are supporting it. one 332 8255 Going to go now to Wayne on the road this morning. Wayne, thanks for calling in. What's your thought on this new arena build that's being proposed? Oh, gee, Evan. Oh, my goodness. I can't decide. Part of me is like a little kid wanting to spend every penny I have. <laughs> the other part of me is saying, don't be so stupid. Okay, let's say for all fun, they're going gung-ho. We have an election. We get a grown-up for the mayor, a couple of grown-ups in council. Bye-bye, downtown arena, right? Could I mean, happen. Could happen. And the thing is, no matter how, Saskatoon, in my eye, is a bleep, bleep, bleep hole. And if you think the downtown's going to get all revamped with this, who knows how expensive of a building and, and, and things around it, what would be the byline? I have it, Evan. Come down, see the new downtown arena and district entertainment system and get stabbed.
Well, let's let's hope not. Let's no. Let's hope not. I mean, that is obviously part of what they're trying to enhance in the downtown area is to clean it up, to draw people downtown. Now, my previous caller talked about the fact Kevin had talked about the fact that right now, Sastel Center brings people in for a concert. Journey is coming up. We have tickets to Journey, so we're going to Journey on March. Uh, I think it's the tenth. You know that the the restaurants will be full, the hotels will be full, because people from outside of Saskatoon will be coming to that show. There's no doubt about it. I liked one text uh, here. I want to find it here quickly. Uh, basically saying it's not, oh yeah, here it is right here. Uh, I don't live in Saskatoon. This is a text. I don't live in Saskatoon. So yeah, sure, it increases the taxes to build a new improved center. It's after 9 a.m. It's time to start a rumor. If you build it, the Swifties will come. <laughs> well, we'll see. I don't know if Saskatoon's getting Taylor Swift or not, but uh, would the new arena entice them? Maybe. one 8255 Yeah, you know what? There are people that are texting in. I love the idea of a downtown arena. I disagree with the spot they're using. Uh this one says city councillors have trouble with a snowplow budget. I can only imagine the difficulty with an arena. Let's spend it on health care instead. We don't need to spend it on things like this. There's bigger priorities right now. And that Sastel Center still has life in it, right? Built in 1988, still has life in it. Maybe let's get a new renovation report done up. What would it actually cost to do the things that they want to do? Would it be cost-effective? What's the return on investment? Appreciate all of the texts on this. And, of course, people pointing out, don't forget, it's an election year. So, come election time, no doubt this will be part of a platform that people are using when they're running for either mayor or council. And, at the end of the day, a sweeping change at council could change the direction of this downtown event and entertainment district decision that they've made already. All right. Open Phones continues. We are going to shift gears after 9.30, and we're going to talk about the Online Harms Act. It was introduced just this week. We talked a bit about it this week. Some people are taking exception with things that I said, which is that's what it's all about. We'll go to those calls next, right here on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Good morning, and thanks so much for joining us. I'm Evan Bray. Open lines for you, 1-877-332-8255. We are shifting gears, but I, I want to just stick to the downtown arena discussion for Saskatoon for a second. A couple of texts have come in here. For example, Daryl in Moose Jaw says, hey, a lot of people were opposed to the downtown arena in Moose Jaw. Inevitably, it was built downtown. It was the best decision. No issues around parking or traffic. Whenever there's an event, downtown restaurants are jam-packed. It's within walking distance. You can order food online, hotel room, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. His text basically says, look, we went through this in Moose Jaw. We built it downtown. It's been great. Jason in Saskatoon also adding in saying, I think a big part of the equation that's being missed, a new downtown stadium encompasses not just an arena, but also a convention center and will replace TCU. That needs to happen anyway to draw bigger, bigger conventions and events. People's focus is too narrow. They just hear and think about Sastel Center. So a couple of people there, you know, providing us with something to think about in terms of why this is something that is needed. And yet there are still a lot of people, Maryland and Battleford, for example, said, I would love to know what percentage of people go to events are from Saskatoon and what percentage are from out of the city. As a rural person, I love the location of Sastel Center. A downtown location will actually 
deter me from going to events. It's a good discussion on the downtown events and entertainment district being proposed in Saskatoon, and no doubt we will continue this discussion uh, in the near future. All right, I want to shift gears for a second. Open lines, uh, there's been text coming in about the Online Harms Act. I talked a little bit about this yesterday. This is Bill C-63, the bill that was brought forward on Monday by the federal government with new requirements for platforms, the creation of a new digital safety oversight body. Justice Minister Arif Varani introduced this long-awaited piece of legislation on Monday. It's got legislation focused on a bunch of different categories, a lot of it to protect children. Basically, harmful content on, you know, sexually victimized children or re-victimizing a survivor, bullying children, um, inducing a child to harm themselves, violent extremism or terrorism, uh, content that incites violence. And so, as we talked about this, I made the comment that I've seen Pierre Polyev talking and and basically saying this is just another way that Justin Trudeau is trying to control the internet. I don't see it that way. I'm not saying that every piece of information that's contained in this bill is perfect. There's clearly some things that need to, I think, be tweaked, cut out, whatever the case may be. But there's some good stuff in here. I think there's some good stuff in here that can help save children. It's it's focused on internet safety for children. Now, the whole free speech thing to me and hate speech that it, we're lumping them together, they're two different completely different things. And although this piece of legislation is trying to deal with it all, I fear, and this is where I said, I hope the conservatives don't just throw out the baby with the bathwater. I fear that they're saying, nope, this government can't be trusted. The whole thing's garbage. When there's potentially some really good stuff in here. After saying that, some people are saying, Evan, you're completely wrong. And I know Kevin is one of them who's been waiting patiently on the line from Regina. Good morning, Kevin. Thanks for calling in. What's your thought on this online arms act? Morning, Evan. Thanks for taking my call. I'm sure you know this. Over the years, I've often phoned into the John Gorman show on Bugs Day. Yes. Telling him I was bugged by him. (laughs) And now I've bugged you. This is the first time I'm calling in to say I was bugged by you. Okay, fair enough. And, And that being said, I hope... When this is all over, not my call, but the situation we're in, you and I can have a big hug. I wrote down what I want to say today because it's extremely important I articulate my concerns adequately. It should only take me 30 seconds, if you will. Sure. I'm bugged by your advocacy, support, and promotion of the so-called Online Harms Act, Bill C-63. This is a tin-pot dictatorship dictate from the likes of North Korea and China, written directly from the Communist Manifesto. You suggest that you hope it doesn't get politicized because we need this act to protect children, when in reality there are no new laws being written into this act to protect children that are not already codified into law. This act is truly not about protecting children. That is simply put a red herring, a ploy to pull at the public's heartstrings, to sucker people into accepting the most dangerous piece of legislation ever put forth in Canada, Evan. Legislation that most every Canadian would and the representative should otherwise be screaming and protesting against. The fact of the matter is this act's intention is to criminalize and squash political dissent, 
to prevent politicians from being held accountable and the government from being called out for corruptions and crimes against humanity. Evan, what they're doing is they're preparing to send people to jail for so-called expression of hate. An example? I'll give you an example. Dear leader is a narcissist. We must make sure this bill never sees the light of day, Evan, or Canada will be forever plunged into darkness. Okay. And you know what? I feel like we need the. If I was the producer, I'd be pushing the button on the tape, the shame lady, right now, Evan. Okay. Okay. So, Kevin, I'm good. I want you to stick with me for a second here. Oh, okay. I'm here. I'm I, here. I, let, let indulge me because there are things in this online harms bill that I I would completely agree they're going too far. The whole I, I'm sure you're aware of it. The whole prior restraint thing. The bill provides for bans on speech that has not yet occurred. But anyone who reasonably fears that someone is about to post hateful content could obtain a peace bond to suppress them from doing it. That, to me, right there is an attack for sure at freedom of speech. It's like well, saying, and, but and Kevin, just just hang on, Kev. Just incentivizing it. Okay, Evan. Okay, so bucks. so just hang on though, Kev. This is what I'm trying to say: is I I agree with you when it comes to parts of this bill are dangerous and harmful. My point yesterday and my point that I'm going to stick with today is, are we going to throw everything out, including the good stuff that protects the children, or are we going to sit down like adults, conservatives, liberals, NDPs, whoever, sit down like adults and find a way to craft a bill that doesn't overstep on freedom of speech, but does deal with the victimization of children, the bullying, the violence, the, um, you know, sharing intimate images without consent, that stuff does need to be addressed. Those laws are already codified. 162 of the Criminal Act. Right. Uh, Evan. But they Kevin. Back in 214 when the girl in B.C. took her own life. They're all there, Evan. Yes, they're but they're there in a reactionary way. They're there in a reactionary way. And we this provides obligation on the people that are providing the service. This puts some onus on them with multi-million dollar fines if they don't follow through on it. So I'm with you on the freedom of speech stuff, Kev. And yeah, we're going to be able to hug it out at the end of this. Don't worry. But, but I, it's for me, it's about the protection of children. And I think there are some good things in this bill. And all I'm hoping is that we can get to a point where, because if this government falls and the conservatives are forming the next government after the next federal election, I would expect that they would still be wanting to promote and do some of the things that are contained in Bill C-63. So why throw them all out now? Why not use the process in the House, on the floor of the House, for what it should be used for, have those discussions, change, cut, craft the bill differently, but do it in a way that it can still achieve some of those important things? See, Kevin and I, I mean, we can we can disagree respectfully, and I appreciate it. I mean, he, he even said he used to call out John. Now he's going to call out me. That's fine. one 332 8255 This may be a good place to take another break. A lot of people are wanting to talk about the homeless crisis and the shelter issues in Saskatoon. I've got a few calls lined up on that. We'll uh, take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll finish with that on open lines right here on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Open lines until 10 o'clock, 1-877-332-8255. So we, it's been, it's been nonstop. The phones are ringing. The texts are going crazy too on this uh, idea of 
shelters being built in Saskatoon and, of course, the locations that are being chosen. And so I want to make sure that we squeeze in enough time for this. Today, Saskatoon City Council will be making some decisions when it comes to new rules for shelter locations. Uh, there is a proposal that is looking to come forward. Ward 10 Councillor Zach Jeffries plans to introduce a motion today at the council meeting requiring shelters operated by the provincial government be located at least 250 meters from elementary schools and 500 meters from existing shelters. This is a, a hot topic we've been talking about off and on for the last couple of weeks. I want to go to Justin in Saskatoon. Thanks for being patient, Justin. I know you've been on the hold for a bit here. What's your thought when it comes to shelters and the homeless crisis we're dealing with? Well, it's got a, it's got a whole mixture of things. I don't think it's one isolated thing, but I hope that uh, come the summertime in the fall when I run for city council that it will uh, shed light on some of my ideas. Um, starting off, like it, it has everything to do with money and it has it. They, they talk about not finding shelters and all the problems as the proximities to schools and different things like that. When ultimately we can build something, we can, we can build something. We can use the money that they frivolously spend on, let's say the library that is pretty much unneeded. We could have purchased the motel that exists on Idlewild. We, that would have been cheaper than the library. There is a facility at the end of 33rd Street of Euro Youth Farm that can be used. There are tons of options. And the mayor goes on and talks about, well, if anybody from the city has any ideas, our council and our mayor are supposed to have the ideas. They're supposed to talk to the constituents and bring forward these ideas. We need a change at council because nobody has ideas. I, I gave you simple ones of options right there. And, and if we partner with business and the community, as well as spend the money that the city uses more frivolously um, and more, if we start spending it more conservatively, we can actually build these facilities. It, it, there are tons of cities all across the world that use this kind of model, and it works. So it comes it's, down to partnership and money. I was going to say, it comes down to rigor around a couple of things. Uh, what you put a priority on, making sure you're talking with the community and getting input into that and, and finding ways to, yeah, prioritize the spending. one 332 8255 Speaking of picking a good location, Paul in Saskatoon is on the line. You have a spot in mind? Oh, Evan. Like that, you guys have had wonderful callers here. Uh, Kevin, Conspiracy Kevin. Yep. You keep an eye on that guy because he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> well, I, I have a lot of respect for Kevin, for sure. I, yes, we do. We yeah. all do. Um, yeah, I do. You know, um, number one, we have to build a facility, a proper facility that has prop, enough bathrooms, showers, give them um, bedrooms, um, you know, a cafeteria. Um, my suggestion would be we got Dakota Dunes. It's a casino. A casino, we all know, it's a license, a license to print money. Build it out there. Now you can, number there's jobs. Give them something to do instead of roaming around the city doing whatever they're doing, trying to find some extra, extra, extra for whatever they have to do. You, you get them out of the city, out of the corruption. Uh, like they were saying, downtown, a uh, guy was saying, well, you build a, build a facility downtown, well, you're going to get stabbed. No. Get them out of the city. Get them the treatment they need. 
give them jobs. There's lots of jobs out there. They can work at the casino, the golf course, doing whatever they can possibly get them doing out there. It's an interesting, you know, it's an interesting concept, Paul, because, you know, I think the uh, the argument would be from going like out of the city is they're not close to the resources that they need, whether it be for food, for clothing, for those types of things. However, I think you bring up a brilliant point in that if the shelter exists in a location where they're still subjected to the same challenges, whether it's drug-related, uh, gang violence, whatever, it's very tough to successfully pull people that have an addiction or whatever the challenge might be out of that lifestyle when they're still surrounded by the community that is facilitating it. And so there needs to be some, you know, I think some rigor around what the shelter provides in terms of a service. And I hate to say it because I keep bringing it up, but I think in some of the extreme cases, we need to look at some sort of a forced treatment facility. Okay. I want to get Carrie on because Carrie is actually heading to city hall today to talk about this with council. So Carrie, what are your thoughts on this uh, shelter issue? Good morning, sir. Yeah. uh, The shelter issue, I'm not talking to the council. I'm going to be listening by the way, but you know, you can't take people that have no control over their own life. They're uh, mostly addicted. Um, the few that are just purely homeless are very minimal in numbers compared to the vast number that have major mental and uh, addiction issues. You're right there. And a lot of these people will be addicted forever. So this whole thing about how if we just bring them in a residential area, they'll calm down. No, they won't. And all you're doing is injecting very, sometimes very dangerous people into a calm residential area, and you're causing disruption daily to their lives, thousands of people, because handfuls of people will not um, get off drugs. And you can try all day long to keep talking to them. They uh, keep reverting back. So what do you do? Well, don't put them in residential areas. That should be uh, rocket scientists to figure that part out. But for some reason, they keep trying to go with this sympathetic model that everybody's just homeless and we're trying to integrate them and show we care find the few people that are in there that just for some reason lost their job lost their house and they literally are on the street and and you can deal with them quickly you put them in a residence or an apartment or a, a, a motel room and they're not going to rip the wiring out of the walls yeah and try to sell it you're you're 100 right carrie we're running out of time so i'm sorry that i've got to uh i've got to end this this short but uh, I will be curious. We will continue to talk about this. You are going down to City Hall today. Perhaps we'll get a report later in the week. Carrie can call in and join the show and talk a little bit about the conversation and maybe some of the good points that were made there. Our The Big Stories covered some good ones today. Thank you so much for calls and texts. Uh, throughout the show, there's a few texts. I have, of course, quite a few I didn't get to. Um, when I have the bits and pieces of time throughout the show this morning, we'll pepper those in as well. You're listening to 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.